0: With Sloane Fowler, do you know Sloane? You need to know Sloane. So she works at the desk in the dean suite upstairs on the third floor a okay. couple of times a week, um, and she has a little name tag thing that sits on the desk. So anytime you're around there and you got a you know, free few minutes, she's the one who had a oh. TED talk. No, somebody had a TED talk. Somebody upstairs.
1: No, no, no. Oh. oh, she works in the dean suite, but she's a student. She's a
0: student. She's a sophomore.
1: Yeah. Okay. She. Um,
0: She's amazing. The one who had a TED Talk, the faculty member that yeah. had a TED Talk that I showed, Dr. Megan Gerhardt, she's... I met her. She's my hero. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She is. Like, she's amazing. She is a uh, mentor of mine. You hit record now, didn't <laughs> you?
1: <laughs> I had to catch you off guard. She.
0: I love it. She's uh, she's fantastic. What? How did you meet her?
1: I just went upstairs, and I said, when are you available?
0: Of course you did. And you found her? Yeah, she would, She's a world traveler. You, do you know this? Did she tell you about that? No.
1: She told me that she had books, and she gave me the books, and I I I read at least part of them. intelligence? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, as
0: I was walking over here from Farmer, I avoided getting hit by a car because you know, that happened last week. Right. So now, like, as I approach any of these intersections, I'm even more cautious. And there was another student who I did not know who took a step out into the traffic and then also decided he was going to not get hit by a car. Um, He introduced himself. He was like, uh, he's an engineering student. There are so many people around here that are amazing, that are wonderful, that you have to just walk around like you do and introduce yourself and get to know them.
1: That's what I think about college in general.
0: I know you do. You've (laughs) taught me this. If
1: you're going to be in college and spend all of this money and be around all these people your age all the time, you're just going to waste that opportunity? Um, but anyways, I was actually interested who you were talking about at the very beginning because I've been seeing on campus posters or on the screens that change. Yeah. Someone has a podcast and I think it said class of maybe 24, which means you'd be a junior. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's it's like, it's called uh, something like has major in the name, like major directions or something. I think I heard, I didn't know that it was a
0: student that was in farmer that would be what a Junior? I guess a junior. Uh, I've heard of some sort of podcast that's around here that has major in the name. I actually heard, I went to Brand Camp from Miami uh, a couple weeks ago, and somebody from the marketing team at Miami told me about it. Uh, But no, I don't know. I'll have to look at the screens in Farmer and see who you're talking about or or what it is.
1: Yeah, it seems interesting.
0: The, The real question, though, is why isn't this podcast
1: on the screen? Well, I was thinking about this exact thing, and I'll give you a few reasons. Tell me. First of all, wait, let me introduce this. Let me introduce this. I haven't introduced it yet. If you can hear, I have Invisalign in. Okay. I just got it yesterday. Nice. And so a little bit, I have a little bit of a lisp, and it's hilarious. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like it doesn't really... I didn't notice it. It doesn't really happen unless I think about it. Plus, my name is Sam, so like I'm just thinking my Sam, 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 Sam. Sam. But Are, I, th- I think it'll, it'll be fine.
0: It's unnoticeable. Perfect. But it will be... Now it will be noticeable. It'll be noticeable now that you've <laughs> pointed it out. And hopefully the results are noticeable, right? Yes. Which, how long do you have to wear that?
1: I think it's about six months. Okay.
0: I had the old school braces. Yeah. But I was also in junior high when
1: that happened. Yeah, I'm not sure Invisalign existed. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's very new. It, it is sure very
0: new. Yeah, it's only about 15 years old, probably. You, you
1: don't have to be old for it not to be around. That's true. That's very true. Well, to our listeners... Welcome back to another episode of the Sam Deary Example Podcast. I have no idea what number episode this is at this point, which is good, because that means we're having a lot of different guests on. But today, we have our second doctor. His name is Dr. Justin McLaughlin, and we're very excited to have Dr. Justin McLaughlin on today, because he is the coolest teacher in all of our school. If you're walking around, you're like, who is that... Who is that smart-looking man in J's? Mm. It's probably Dr. J. Dr. J and his J's.
0: I did wear some today. These are the Olympic ones. They're mids, and I (laughs) wore them with golf socks because the U.S. just won the President's Cup uh, this weekend. Yeah,
1: Because one of the things, it it takes a while to notice that somebody has a wide variety of shoes. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what did we have class twice a week? Like a year ago now. Think about that. A year ago... I was in your class
0: a year ago. I got uh, you came in and saw me at the end of class. I think gave me your number, texted me because I give all my students my number, and said, "Hey, meet me at Goodwill. I want to learn how to flip <laughs> stuff."
1: No, I that's actually not what happened. Tell me how it happened. <clears throat> you were talking about how, and I love just using your time well. So at Miami. We have this really long thing called J-Term. Mm-hmm. So for those people who don't participate in J-Term in academics, it just means that they have a li- really long winter break. So Dr. J was like, well, I'm going to put this time to use. And this little business that you had buying and reselling books, yep. you just really mm. blew it up over that time. And spent a lot of time just making sure it was organized, setting up the system in a way that you could sell a lot of books oh. and and keep, keep it keep it all organized. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's pretty dope, and I'm trying to find ways to make money because I have to pay for school. And so I saw you. It wasn't Meet the B-Orgs. There was something on the lawn of Farmer. Oh, wow, really? Oh, yeah. And I recognized you from class.
0: Which means that was probably like the first week Yeah. Or second week at the latest. It was
1: really early on. But I I will say that it encouraged me how welcoming you were. Because in my mind, I think, I want to meet a bunch of faculty. But then another side is, do the faculty want to meet me?
0: The answer is yes.
1: I will say that. in in farmer, at least, I will say yes. All, All the faculty, they're there for you.
0: I love to hear that. Like, that means a lot. I mean, obviously, I want to meet you and I want to meet my students. And I love the relationships that get built. But that means a lot that that so many people in that building also have that same focus because we we're really here to help you learn to help you expand your your um, uh, your your views or at least look at other things from different perspectives to then develop as a at farmer business professional by the time that you're done so. Um, That means a lot to hear that our our faculty are are willing to be available to you not just in class but outside of class and that we're interested in getting to know you as students and people.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what is most interesting about the business school is that they don't have to be here. I think I'm not well uh, acquainted with other different spots on campus, but uh, I mean a lot of times people might just have to go into – teaching because they have to do something else. Whereas the, at the farmer school, these people had businesses and such, and they decided to change course to the school. So, yeah, it's a great program. That's why it's so so highly revered across the country, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different uh, – professors come from a lot of different um, backgrounds. Some come the academic way, and they know they want to be a professor. You know I didn't come that way. In fact, I, I did my doctorate as kind of a long-term retirement plan and was blessed that this opportunity showed up earlier in my life than I anticipated. What
1: do you mean by that? Your doctorate as a long-term retirement plan? Yeah.
0: So, so I worked in higher education, but I worked on the administrative side. So I wasn't teaching, I wasn't in the classroom. I was um, overseeing student services at a um, school system that was nationwide, had 28 campuses and things were well, uh, were, were really good. There was ups and downs. Um, but I had an opportunity to start my own business and step away from that industry, which I did for about six months, uh, with the plan to go back into to the industry, to find a, a leadership or an executive position with a school system somewhere. The, the problem with that type of career is you really have to be mobile. And I didn't want to be mobile because Butler County is where I grew up. It's where we've raised our family. And my wife's a teacher in the school system at Lakota. And we didn't want to move. We wanted to stay around here. So I started my own business. Which was? Which is is higher ed media. Okay. So we're in our, I think, fifth year, sixth year. We're in our sixth year of business. And uh, I was at a birthday party for one of my friends that I grew up with, their son because they only have sons, so it was one of them. And at that birthday party, I saw a friend of mine who was the first to get a grown-up job. Hmm. She was older than the rest of us by just a little bit, so she did everything first, and she was always very willing to kind of share her experiences with college, with interviews, with the first job. I remember her, like, dressing up. Gosh, I can go back to, like, I don't remember a lot of things. I remember her dressed up preparing for an interview one day when I was just a kid in high school, hanging out with my buddies at uh, her, her boyfriend's house. She left, she got that job was super exciting. She was at that birthday party that I was at and said, Hey, what are you doing? I told her that, that I had left higher ed. I started my own business. She said, do you want to come talk to my students at Miami? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And Every moment between saying yes and the time I actually went into her business 102 class at Farmer, I was trying to find an excuse to, to get out of it because I was extremely scared. Like I thought, what do they want to hear from me? Like why? I I have no place standing up in front of students in the Farmer School of Business. What would they want to learn from me? And she um, she gave me kind of a blank slate and said, What do you think they need to learn? And I turned I went in there and talked about Uh, developing business relationships, developing relationships with people, leveraging those relationships, giving and taking both, just the importance of networking and had a blast in the fall. She asked me to come back in the spring. I did that. And she said, oh, by the way, we have a business 102 visiting assistant professor position. Would you be interested? And again, the doubt kind of rushed up. And I was like, of course I would be, but they don't want me. And somehow, some way, Went through the process, figured out that um, it was a good match. I would have said yes to any offer that they gave me because I absolutely loved the idea of teaching students. And it has turned out to be the greatest thing I've done professionally in my life. And it only took me, I think it was probably 15 years in a second career to figure out what that was.
1: And so just going back a little bit, what business did you start again?
0: So the business is called Higher Ed Media. Okay. Primarily, we sell books.
1: Okay. Primarily on Amazon. Okay.
0: But I had a background of buying and selling on eBay, on Amazon, on Marketplace and Craigslist since I was in high school.
1: <clears throat> the other thing that I'm really interested in here is I'm trying to keep the time straight in, the timeline straight in my head. How long was... Because when I say Dr. J, when I say doctor, I think to myself, this man has been educated. Mm -hmm. Which is true. I think so. We we hope so. Yes. How long was your doctorate program?
0: It took me six years to complete the program. Now, I could have done it in probably as little as two and a half to three years. But again, my perspective was... Why rush? I don't need to rush. I'm not, I don't plan on using this anytime soon. Maybe I'll adjunct, maybe I'll teach online. I had no plans to be in the classroom as early as I ended up being in the classroom.
1: So you were working in higher ed mm-hmm. while pursuing your doctorate? Yeah. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, I was working full time. And one of the benefits, like when, you, when you're when you looking at what job you're going to have, what uh, position and what company you're going to pick, because remember, it's as, it's as much you interviewing the employer as it is them interviewing you. Um, Pay attention to the fringe benefits that exist. It's not just about what your salary is, but what else do you have access to? And when I um, worked in higher ed, so for 15 years, tuition benefits were a thing. Hmm. So undergrad, my last two years was free. Um, I did an MBA for free. I did my doctorate again because I wasn't rushing for free over six years. And then because I was still working in the industry, I was looking at how can I – perhaps teach online an adjunct. And there were a lot of positions in, um, in accounting. So I did a master's of accounting. Again, it was free.
1: So you worked your last two years of college. Yes. In higher education. Yes. How do you pull off working in higher education while you're still part of higher education?
0: That's a great question. So... My first grown-up job was an enrollment counselor at University of Phoenix, which is a... And um, where
1: were you going to school?
0: I was going to school at Miami. Here? So I was at Miami-Hamilton. Okay. So I did my freshman year and my sophomore year at Miami. So I'm a local kid, went from Lakota to Miami-Hamilton. The plan was to come up to Oxford um, to to go to Farmer, actually. Hmm. Uh my, my wife at the time was not my wife had moved to Florida, which, um, I very specifically remember being in this job that you've asked me about and looking at weather.com as a hurricane was headed towards Tampa, um, <laughs> in that first job crazy. Wow. Cause my wife was down there. Um, and, and I wanted to get a job that would help me, um, you know, establish myself here and then transfer to Tampa, Florida. So as a rising junior, and I didn't know what that meant, I applied to several positions. University of Phoenix was hiring. Get this, so it was on monster.com, which still exists, not as cool as it used to be, but still exists. And University of Phoenix was hiring for two locations, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Tampa, Florida. I applied for that position. I was I was a full-time student at Miami-Hamilton But I went Tuesdays and Thursdays all day. And on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, I was working for a guy I went to church with cutting grass. So I was grinding. And um, about four weeks after my interview for University of Phoenix, they called me back and offered me the the position, which I think means they went through every other candidate and couldn't (laughs) solidify them into uh, taking the position. And they said, well, we got this Justin guy. Uh, I accepted.
1: Who was a, a junior in in college or yes. a sophomore in college.
0: Yeah, I was a yeah, rising junior. Yes. As
1: a rising junior, mm-hmm. you were enrolling people in school. Yeah, I was 20 years old. Now, what could have possibly motivated you to do that? The, the I would only
0: th- thing that motivated me was to get to Florida.
1: So because your future wife, who I assume at this point you had a pretty good idea, you wanted to be your wife. I knew, yep. Went to Florida. You were like, oh, because she's in Florida, I need to now, as a rising junior, Mm -hmm. get a job in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you did. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I had no idea that I would have a pretty amazing 15-year run in higher education on the administrative side. I mean, I got up to, I was an executive for the final two, three years of my career, uh, making decisions that impacted students and staff all across the United States.
1: That's insane.
0: It is. It is.
1: What What was What was your high school career like? Well, how about this? What was your, um, your family? What was your family like to to raise you? I, I'm I'm trying to understand what the heck was going through your head mm-hmm. because even if you're if you're so in love with somebody mm-hmm. that you want to move to Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I would first consider the idea of transferring colleges Mm -hmm. before I I took the leap of getting a whole job in Tampa, Florida. Like, that's not how my brain would work. Also, Mm -hmm. did you have this whole plan set up, or were you just thinking, because sometimes I feel like I plan too much when all I just need to do is just work Mm -hmm. and sort of take what my work gives me. And so I don't know how much of of the planning was on your side, but like you said, you were just grinding. Mm -hmm. And you're like, to me, it seems like you just had this thought of, man, I'm grinding. I'll be all right. I don't know. I'm trying to get into your head here. Like, what motivated this action? It's pretty crazy. So
0: I have two amazing parents. Um, Both went to Miami. My dad ended up teaching for 34 years uh, in Lakota. And the code okay. Yep. And my mom, um, after we were born, she, she actually worked at Ohio Casualty, which ironically one of the other Business 101 faculty um, worked at Ohio, Ohio Casualty at the same time. I asked both of them. They didn't know each other. But that would have been an amazing story. <laughs> uh, but she stayed home and, and raised us. And it was uh, clear that higher education, that a, a degree was important for our family, for the, the children. So me and my sister. So there was always an expectation, work hard in school, get to college, find something you love, make sure you have the degree to to get you to where you want to be. So my parents went to Miami. That was the only place I wanted to go. Even though I'm a huge Buckeyes fan, go Buckeyes. I wanted to stay close. And it's funny because we lived on a teacher's salary. And even today, teacher salaries are not... Um, they're not a lot. So to manage the a family of four, the expenses that they go along with it, the house that we had, um, my parents also had to grind. Funny story. Um, we, we lived below our means, but also it's, it's funny when I think about my entrepreneurial spirit and where I got it from, there's two places. One of those is my dad who would um, – every now and then he would have a, a student teacher – So come from Miami and the way that Miami says thank you to teachers or used to say thank you to teachers and encourage them to take student teachers is they would give them fee certificates. And fee certificates would, I think it would be good for like three credit hours because teachers need to do continuing education. So the thought was full circle, we give you this, you perhaps go to Miami, do continuing education. My dad saw it differently and they were transferable fee certificates. They're literally just a piece of paper before everything was digital. So, teachers would get these and he would buy them from teachers he knew. He would then also buy them from teachers who would post them in the journal News, which is the local newspaper. Then he would come up here and he would, he first took an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and wrote out this advertisement and he would put it on bulletin boards around the campus because he would sell it two students who would take classes over the summer for less than they would have to pay for those credit hours if they just went the normal way. So he made a little bit of money and then he scaled scalping them. He it's exactly (laughs) what he was. He was, he was scalping fee certificates. And when I was probably in about the fifth grade, he took his little advertisements to the next level. When we bought our first computer, which was a Mac, it was a Macintosh. They called it back then. And he asked me to create his flyer. So from that point until probably five or six years later, when Miami changed their fee certificate setup, um, he was using my flyers around here on campus to advertise to students.
1: Wow. Yeah. Isn't
0: that crazy? All this stuff comes back full circle, even when you don't realize it at the time. There's a lot of lessons you're learning um, that you might use down down the, the road.
1: So what was the plan going into college to begin with? And – So it obviously sounds like it's crazy what a woman will do to you if you're Mm -hmm. in love. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Were you guys high school sweethearts?
0: Uh, Yeah, so I'm two years older than her. Um, So she was in high school when we met. I met her right after I graduated from Lakota West, like that summer, August 18th of 2002 if anybody's keeping track at home uh so (laughs) that was right before i I was born (laughs) (laughs) so i was technically her high school sweetheart because we've been together ever since wow i know i'm a blessed man i am super super blessed and the plan you asked about the plan i thought i wanted to be an architect i was in my i think sophomore year first semester and I took this uh, microeconomics class with, with Chen Ferguson. I'm telling you, man, this comes back full circle. <laughs> she was one of the two professors in my life that that really impacted me the most. She got me interested in business just by teaching the class. Not like, Justin, you should do business, not architecture. It was just the class got me interested. I then took, I think it was like an intro to business class the next semester with her intentionally because I wanted to learn more. That's where my path shifted from an architect to um, being a business student.
1: So what's the plan now from here?
0: I found what I want to be when I grow up. And you are that. Right? I am that, yeah. I, I went from uh, being a visiting assistant professor for the first three years at Miami to um, a permanent position as assistant teaching professor and have two additional promotions. Academia is weird. Uh, when you get promoted, you get promoted within the same job that you have, but I'll, I'll have the opportunity to um, potentially be promoted to associate teaching professor and then full teaching professor. So my plan is to be here and impact as many lives as I possibly can.
1: Wow. That's crazy. hmm And I think, again, what I get most out of that story is if you just work hard and have a good attitude about life, it's really exciting. hmm And you can find some serious fulfillment but you got to grind, man. Yep. And
0: keep your eyes open. There's a lot of advice that I share with my students, not Justin's top 10 things to remember. Like it just comes up based on the situation, the conversation I'm having with students. But when it comes to tackling opportunities and grinding, you have to keep your eyes open because no matter where you go, there are going to be opportunities to improve the business, to improve customer service, to tackle an opportunity that uh, the company hasn't tackled yet. And I've made a career out of identifying those opportunities and, and doing something about it. Uh, you just have to keep your eyes open and be willing to take risks and be comfortable with, with failing um, at times. But there's so many lessons to be learned. Keep your eyes open and, and, and just try and grind.
1: What is it like working so much? Because this is something that has been particularly bothering me since I come back to school. Mm-hmm. So I come back to school, and my, I just want to work hard because I've got the music that I want to spend a lot of time in. I love to read. I love to learn things outside of school. I mean, I, I love the things that I learn in school, obviously, or else I wouldn't be here paying for it. But there are a ton of other things that I really want to know, mm-hmm. and I really want to know... As soon as I possibly can. Yeah. So I really try and fit in some extra reading around my studies. So what I've got here is my music, my studies, my other reading that I, like, I really, it sounds like you just kick it out, but like, I really want to do that. And then just friendships, Mm -hmm. relationships, and, and trying to maintain those. I find that difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and and sometimes I think to myself, sometimes I'm scared that I'm working too much for myself. And with all of my friends, I want to be able to be self-giving to them. And I've also been really blessed to have a lot of great friends. I have one who's a senior now. He's actually president of the Evans Scholars House. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really great guy. His name's Michael Sullivan. You better be listening to this. And And sharing it. Yeah, and sharing it. He has yes, they do a podcast over at the Newman Center. Okay. Called Sheepdogs that he kind of runs, so that's kind of funny.
0: That's all. I'm going to have to look that one up. No,
1: totally. I need to add that in the link because one time I had somebody from Sheepdogs on here and I I, I said in the podcast I'll add it in the link and I have totally forgotten to add it. In the this link, is your
0: your reminder. This is my Sheepdogs. Re- yeah,
1: my redeeming moment. So, I he was talking one time cuz he's he's about to be out in the world of uh, the work world and he has to decide what it is he wants to pursue with the rest of his life and he said something so interesting to me he said whatever i do i want it to be serving others and that just really hit a spot because in the business school it's just very much grind 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 and that's important and like friedman says the entrepreneur works 100 hours a week so he doesn't have to work 40 hours a week <laughs> you know like stuff like that which which i which i also identify with because I love coming to the library and just working hard for like five hours. And then I leave the library. I'm like, yeah, I put I put that work in. I, I feel smarter because I am because I just spent five hours studying this thing. Yeah. I, I'm going to get a good grade on that because I focused. And, and and in the long run, that hard work and that good grade is going to benefit me. And But how have you worked with um, trying to maintain – your relationships through all of this work?
0: I don't know that I'm the best one to answer this question or provide advice, but I'll tell you what I do. And it's, it's really as easy and difficult as priorities. I am a husband and a dad, and that's my number one priority. And I've, I was blessed for, uh, for three years. Um, to have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. Uh, that's changed. So I'm even more busy right now. I'm, I've recently um, taken on the role as interim team lead for Business 101, which added a whole nother layer to my schedule throughout the weekend, every day and at night and on the weekends. So I have to be very intentional about when I'm going to do work related things. And when I'm going to not miss moments with my family. Now I go to all the soccer games. I go to all the events. I drive my family everywhere. I, I go to everything. My challenge is being present when I'm at those things. My, my, and that's not, I walk away and I go answer emails. It's where's my mind. Am I giving my full self to my two daughters or my wife at the time that I'm spending um, time with them, which I always want to spend more time, not less, obviously. So I I try to be intentional. I struggle with it all the time. I, I struggle with getting distracted because there's always something else to be done. Um, but I try and use my schedule. I use my calendar to block off specific tasks, what needs to be done. Um, but I need to get better at that. And I need to get better at planning out my day. Unfortunately, uh, and I said I would never let this happen again. Earlier on in my career, I would let my day get organized by the emails as they would come in, and that is never a good thing. I've started to fall back into that trap to where I need to be more intentional about when I'm going to, to, to answer emails, when I'm going to make myself available for meetings. The challenge there is I'm a big fan of servant leadership, and I want to Um, lead down and manage up. And if you think about the organizational chart, that's where the down and up uh, comes from. Not necessarily, I want to be more powerful than the people who report to me, but I want, I want to lead them and I want them to tell me what they need to be successful. What resources do you need? What answers do you need? What guidance do you need? What do you need me to do to help you be successful? So that's, that's one of those challenges that I've had several times in my career. That's one of the challenges that I have now to try and manage being a servant leader and being, um being a husband and a father. Other things like reading, I don't read books because I don't have time to sit down and read books, but I listen to a lot of books. So I try and do these life hacks anytime that I can and I listen to books almost every day as I drive in from Oxford and I drive home from Oxford. Um so that I'm continuously challenging myself and, and learning. But I don't have the best answer except what works for me is using a calendar. And what has to be better is my attention.
1: It seems there's not enough hours in the day. That's true. And I've been thinking that more and more. Mm -hmm. You just can't do everything that you want to do. That's true. And you need to be comfortable saying no. And I'm really bad at saying no. Here you are in this podcast room.
0: We made it happen because (laughs) I uh, care about you. And I wanted to have this conversation and contribute any way I can to You know, you and your podcast, I made it a priority today.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Sure.
0: I mean, I have office hours every Tuesday and Thursday, and I send a message out to my students, and they were amazing about it and said, hey, I'm going to be on a podcast today. Got to cut it short a little bit. And nobody was upset about that, even though my office hours are packed every week now, which is a blast. Um, But the only ones that I heard from were like, what podcast? I'll share this as soon as it's published. send them the podcast. I will.
1: I'll get this thing up this week.
0: I will. I absolutely will.
1: Um, okay. Wow. I want to ask you one more question. Okay. Because I know you're a very busy man.
0: It's going to be a good one, isn't it? I I can see it.
1: Well, I have like a a few things floating around in my head, and things always get going one, one direction or another. I don't know.
0: I actually don't have anything in particular. You want me to tell you about something amazing that's happening today? Yes. So, Sam, you're very familiar with the client challenge. Yes. In the Farmer School Businesses FYIC, in which I teach. In which he has a podcast. In which the FYIC podcast is a thing. By the way, our episode is getting mixed right now. I expanded my team. listen. I know. It's all
1: right if you didn't think we had a good episode. It's fine.
0: No, I think we had a great episode. (laughs) So I expanded my FYIC uh, social media team to include people to help me with the podcast. The first episode that one of our new members is mixing is our podcast. That's cool. Uh, but in the FYC, we do the client challenge. And today our top seven teams from the spring are presenting to key bank executives um, and farmer. So, oh, wow. so pumped for that. And, and I don't say this to brag because they do the work. I don't, but um, four out of the seven teams or my business 101 class. Wow. And I hate that I'm not going to be there today. I'm teaching during the same exact time. So I've got some social media team members that are going to be there. They're going to be filming. They're going to be talking to people. In fact, two of them are on top seven teams and actually presenting. Um, but so it's a super students. exciting day. Oh, yeah. What, my team? My social Your media team? team? A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Because one thing that I want to start building more is some sort of structure to help me with my music. Mm-hmm. Because I I have an Instagram that I have to run, and a Facebook I have to run, and a website that I have to set up, and I just feel like I don't have time for any of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So so you you pay them?
0: No. No, it's a a volunteer position. Usually my social media team um, stays on for about two years, Uh, some a little bit longer than two years. But we've been really intentional with making connections across Farmer. Uh, There are some paid positions that exist for social media within, I think, some departments and definitely um, farmer itself. So we've been working with the dean and those in charge of farmer social media to create a pathway for students that come from my team to potentially be eligible to apply for positions uh, that could be paid. My team's amazing, by the way. I mean, just... It's ridiculous that I get to work with amazing students like this as a professor and as the uh the organizer of the FYIC social media team.
1: Do you still post on your TikTok?
0: I do. You know, I've been a little bit more intentional with paying attention to TikTok because I want to be where I can provide the most value. So I spend a ton of time on Instagram. In fact, I recorded a video on the way over here to provide some encouragement to the top 7 teams that are presenting today since I can't be there. Um I can do better with TikTok. Uh, I intend to do better with TikTok. The reality is I intend mostly to learn how to do TikTok well from the uh, the three people that are on our team that manage the FYC TikTok.
1: Yeah. There's so much to do.
0: There is. I don't know how you manage it all.
1: Well, Have you- I, that's what I'm saying. This is why I'm asking these questions about relationships and all these different things yeah. because part of me feels like it's all falling apart.
0: Have you done an episode about your grind, about what you do and the music that you play?
1: I mean, actually, no. No, because the very first episode that I make was just sort of about the grind, mostly on campus, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just sort of personally the things that I wanted to make sure that I was doing. I actually never really talked about the music, which I realized whenever I mention the music on here, I think to myself, all my viewers, they don't even really exactly know what I'm talking about. Wow. But, or they do because I post this on my Instagram and all my Instagram followers are there for my music. But have they
0: gone to Westchester to Dingle House to watch you play?
1: No, but more and more people are showing up. So I I have a decent following on TikTok. Nice. Uh, and over the summer I had a few uh, videos that really popped off. And people have started showing up.
0: What? What does it mean to pop off on TikTok?
1: Um... I had a few, I think I had a couple over a million and one of them over seven million.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa. I, as I was opening TikTok to find your videos, did, how many, million? You said million?
1: I've had, a, I've, I have two that reached over seven million. Oh my god! And then uh, there's a few more that have, have, have hit the one million benchmark. But that's something I have to work on more because they're very much basic, just me singing. And I want to get something that's more engaging.
0: Sam, you have 235,000 followers on TikTok. Are you serious? How did how did I not know this? This is insane. It's By not, the way, you're really good at singing, so obviously <laughs> that's how that happened, but wow. How did I not follow you? That's that's ridiculous. Well, I think it's because I didn't know that you were on TikTok as much as you are. I I follow you on Instagram and I have since the moment I met you, I think, but wow.
1: So I, I really want to build that more there. But because of some of the videos that went off, people, people have started showing up to my gigs. And aside from that, people just who see me at one gig will come around. And there's a, few, there's a few families that like to just come around and watch me play. So I really need to get music going. But I just feel like I don't have time to make music. And then...
0: 8.3 million.
1: Oh, did it really make that much? Is that Great Balls of Fire?
0: Are you wearing a shirt that has peppers on it?
1: <laughs> do <laughs> do I, I have a shirt? mustache? Yes, you have a mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's great balls of fire.
0: I got to pay attention to you and not your TikTok right now. But that's amazing. <laughs> how do you how do you mix those two personal brands, right? You got to figure well, out how that's to combine the People
1: two. like to see the personality of the singers. Yeah. I mean, people love listening to Harry Styles interviews and the Shawn Mendes interviews. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. But I, I also would... I want to have a serious impact on the world. Mm-hmm. I think that there are so many things that need to be different. And I feel like I can I can help change that. But that also takes a, takes so much sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And particularly my friends have been on my mind lately. Just because I want to make sure that I'm being self-sacrificial for them. Mm-hmm. And not just for myself. It's huge. I don't know. We're just, we're trying to grind, but also trying to do good.
0: Yeah. And it's tough to do both. And it's tough to not burn out. Um, That's right. good
1: to have a plan. It
0: is good to have Regardless a plan. Regardless of
1: how you feel, this is what you're doing.
0: It's good to have a plan. It's also okay to pivot from that plan. Yeah. But the question is, when do you pivot
1: and why? Yeah. And you don't want to do You don't want to be fickle. You know, you don't want to be changing it mm-hmm. uh, every single day. Right. Then it's not a plan. It's not a plan. <laughs> it's just a regular living document, which a plan kind of should be. Um,
0: yeah.
1: <clears throat> anyways, I'll wrap it up because I, I know you're a busy man again. And I really, really appreciate you uh, coming out here and supporting us students because, uh. You're the start of, of something big. I want to start reaching out, especially having you on now, and I had Dr. Cisna on. Mm-hmm. I really want to, to reach out to other professors that I might not even really know yeah. and say, look, these people are on it. You mm-hmm. should be too. I'm going to send an email to Friedman. See what he says. I know he's busy.
0: That, that'll that reach 22 million uh, listens right there. It's going to be amazing. Uh, At least I'll listen as many possible times as I can. <laughs> he is amazing. He, when he walks down the hall, like the hall lights up. The light's already on, but it gets a little bit brighter. <laughs> I hope he knows that.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's an impressive man, and I don't even know that much about him. So uh, it's going to be cool to have people on who I don't really know mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, um, But even people I do know, I learn, I learn so much. So, again, oh. thank you for coming on. Is there anything in particular you would like to say on our way out? I
0: uh, am excited to at least be a small part of your journey and have been impressed since day one. About your drive. I can't wait to see what you're able to accomplish, but take your time, be patient with yourself, prioritize, and you'll get there. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, it doesn't have to be next week. Take your time.
1: Wow. That actually really, that was actually really helpful. You said a very important thing to me for this moment. Think about it. I will. All right, Dr. J, thank you for coming on. Everybody, it's been a blast. Else, thank you so much for listening. Because there will be millions of listeners here one day. And I be believe like, that. You're going to have even more packed office hours.
0: I, I don't <laughs> believe that part. I believe the first, but my office hours are as packed as they can be right now, and I absolutely
1: gonna, love it. They're going to have to get you a bigger office. Uh, spread the word. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Sam Deere Example Podcast. Until next time, peace.